1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 1 And David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, at this point Solomon is king, but David, you know, once you're a king, I guess you're still considered king. But Solomon was reigning at this point. And David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. David is saying, because of Solomon's youth and inexperience, he needed help to build the temple. 2. Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God, the gold for the things of gold, and the silver for the things of silver, and the brass for the things of brass, the iron for the things of iron, and wood for the things of wood, onyx stones, and stones to be set, glistering stones, and of diverse colors, and all manner of precious stones, and marble stones in abundance. They would need stones to make a new ephod for the high priest, and to decorate other things. And previously in the Bible it had said that the foundation of Solomon's temple was made of precious stones, the blocks of precious stones. So that may be some of the stones that King David is talking about. 3. Moreover, also because I have set my affection on the house of my God, seeing that I have a treasure of mine own of gold and silver, I give it unto the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. David is saying that out of his own personal pocket, he has also donated gold and silver to the making of the temple, in addition to all of the gold and silver and stones that he had gathered throughout his reign to preserve and save and sanctify for the temple. And he says he has affection for the temple. Do you have affection for the temple that God has given you, which is your own body? Are you affectionate toward that temple? And do you want it to be holy? When we love ourselves and the body that God gave us, we take care of it. That means no drugs, no perverted sex, no sinning of any kind, no foul language. That's the only form of self-love that the Bible authorizes, is when we are affectionate toward the temple he gave us, and we want to preserve it, keep it holy, keep it clean, keep it purified, and keep it sanctified only unto him. And believe me, there is so much joy in having a pure temple. And after I became born again, it was a long struggle of prayer and tribulation, getting rid of habits and sinful things and sinful desires that over time the Lord taught me not to love those things anymore. And yeah, it took a lot of prayer, and yes, I was tested a lot. But when I got to the point where a lot of these things from the past did not tempt me, it was such a good feeling. I'm not saying I'm perfect, no way, but I have so much peace, joy, wholeness, and happiness now that I'm not tempted by the things that used to tempt me. There's joy in obeying the Lord. I'm definitely not perfect. I still have so much to learn and grow in, but I have so much joy because of how far I've come and how purified my temple has become to this point. And I'm only going to have more joy when it becomes more pure and more affection for myself as I grow stronger in the Lord. Before I became born again, I actually hated myself. And that's one of the reasons why people sin. They don't love themselves. And I'm not talking about New Age self-love. I'm talking about respect for God's creation. You are one of God's creation. It's because of a love for Him that I can love myself. If I didn't love the Lord, I would never be capable of loving myself. 
four, even three thousand talents of gold, of the gold of Ophir, and seven thousand talents of refined silver, wherewith to overlay the walls of the houses. How beautiful! They used silver and gold for the walls of the tabernacle, and now they're going to use it for the walls of the temple, namely gold, but silver is also available for some parts of it. 5. Of gold for the things of gold, and of silver for the things of silver, and for all manner of work to be made by the hands of artificers, who then offereth willingly to consecrate himself this day unto the Lord. Now King David is saying, Who is willing? Who wants to do it? Is God calling you and saying, Do you want to do this for me? Well, answer the call. 6. Then the princes of the fathers' houses, and the princes of the tribes of Israel, and the captains of thousands and of hundreds, with the rulers over the king's work, offered willingly. They ran to the call, and you and I should do the same thing. 7. And they gave for the service of the house of God, of gold, five thousand talents, and ten thousand derricks, and of silver, ten thousand talents, and of brass, eighteen thousand talents, and of iron, a hundred thousand talents. The iron would be used for nails. It could also be used for other things that I'm not aware of, but I do know they had to use it for nails. So all of these princes and captains and rulers offered willingly all the supply that they could. So this is a super abundant supply. It's everything that David had amassed during his reign from spoiling other pagan kings, plus material from his own purse, plus what he's now asked the leaders to offer up. 8. And they with whom precious stones were found gave them to the treasure of the house of the Lord under the hand of Jehiel, the Gershonite. He was from the tribe of Gershon, and he was one of the top men that we read about in a previous chapter. He was one of the Levites, and he collected all of the jewels that people gave to him for the temple. 9. Then the people rejoiced, for that they offered willingly, because with a whole heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Everybody was happy. You know, when you give to the Lord, it does give you joy. And when you serve the Lord, it gives you joy. That's why people do it for decades and decades. If you go to some churches, there will be people who've been serving the Lord for decades in that church. The reason they don't stop doing it is because of the joy they get from doing it. 10. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. He blessed the people and the Lord. And this has always been a mystery to me. How can we bless the Lord when he's God and he has done everything? How is it possible that we can bless the Lord? I've never understood this, but we can bless the Lord and we should bless the Lord. Maybe someday the Lord will explain it to me, but it is right and correct to bless the Lord. 11. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. You know, if you said that prayer every single day, your life would be dramatically improved just by saying that verse alone. Because when we magnify the name of the Lord, demons run. 12. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou rulest over all, and in thy hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great, and to give strength unto all. Jesus can make the lowest, weakest person a great king or queen. It's in his power to make great people low and low people great. It's in his power to build the universe and the earth and everything in it. 
13. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. 14. But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. David was mystified by the Lord. How could he give to the Lord when the Lord was the one who made it all? That's a mystery too. For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. Meaning that everything we give the Lord, he already created. 15. For we are strangers before thee, and sojourners, as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are as a shadow, and there is no abiding. Meaning our lives don't last very long. It's God who is forever, it's not us. And it's only because of him that we can live forever, but not in these bodies and not on this planet the way it is. We're strangers in this world because we really belong to him in eternity. 16. O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee a house for thy holy name cometh of thy hand and is all thine own. David is acknowledging that everything they're using to build the temple God already owns. 17. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart, meaning God tests us and proves our faith, and hast pleasure in uprightness, meaning God is delighted by righteousness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart I have willingly offered all these things, and now have I seen with joy thy people that are present here offer willingly unto thee. And how wonderful for David to see that his people are also rejoicing with him and happy to build the temple. 18. O Lord, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Israel, our fathers, keep this forever, even the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people, and direct their heart unto thee. David is asking God to cause the people to look at him and be thinking about him all the time. If you have trouble loving the Lord, ask him to change your heart. King David asked the Lord to change his heart, and we can do the very same thing. If we're having trouble repenting of a sin or focusing on God, then we need to ask God to give us a new personality, a new heart, and a new mind so that we can please him. 19. And give unto Solomon, my son, a whole heart to keep thy commandments, thy testimonies, and thy statutes, and to do all these things, and to build the palace for which I have made provision. God did answer this prayer. He did give Solomon a whole heart toward him. But later on, Solomon threw that away, and he decided to follow pagan gods. Sometimes people will follow the Lord early in life, but later on in life, they'll just turn their back on the Lord, and it's their own choice. It's very sad, but if you have turned your back on the Lord, you can return to him again. 20. And David said to all the congregation, Now bless the Lord your God, and all the congregation blessed the Lord, the God of their fathers, and bowed down their heads, and prostrated themselves before the Lord and before the king. Even though David was not technically king at this time, he was kind of forever king in their minds. 21. And they sacrificed sacrifices unto the Lord, and offered burnt offerings unto the Lord. On the morrow after that day, even a thousand bullocks, a thousand rams, and a thousand lambs, with their drink offerings and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. The burnt offerings are the 3,000 animals, and then Israel, each family, offered their own sacrifices in addition to that. So those would be sin offerings 
in addition to the burnt offerings. The sin offerings are asking God to forgive them of their sins, and the burnt offerings are saying that they are consecrated unto the Lord, meaning that they are dedicating their lives to the Lord. 22. And did eat and drink before the Lord on that day with great gladness. And they made Solomon the son of David king the second time, and anointed him unto the Lord to be prince, and Zadok to be priest. They're having another ceremony where they're recognizing Solomon as king, but he was technically already king, because David had already had him anointed and had the trumpets blown. With a sin offering, the priest gets part of it, and with any offering that's a thanksgiving or a fellowship offering, the people get part of it. Plus, there may have been other food in addition that people shared for this feast. 23. Then Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king instead of David his father, and prospered, and all Israel hearkened to him. From the point that Solomon took the throne, everyone listened to him and obeyed what he said. 24. And all the princes and the mighty men, and all the sons likewise of King David, submitted themselves unto Solomon the king. Everybody who had been loyal to King David was now loyal to King Solomon. 25. And the Lord magnified Solomon exceedingly in the sight of all Israel, and bestowed upon him such royal majesty as had not been on any king before him in Israel. Solomon was exceedingly rich. He was drenched in gold and jewels. He was the richest king of Israel who ever lived. 26. Now David the son of Jesse reigned over all Israel. This is a recap of David's reign. 27. And the time that he reigned over Israel was forty years. Seven years reigned he in Hebron, and thirty and three years reigned he in Jerusalem. So that's forty altogether. 28. And he died in a good old age, full of days, riches, and honor, and Solomon his son reigned in his stead. 29. Now the acts of David the king, first and last, behold, they are written in the words of Samuel the seer, and seer means prophet, and in the words of Nathan the prophet, and in the words of Gad the seer. Those are the three prophets of King David's reign. Samuel was first, and then Nathan, and then Gad was at the end of King David's reign. Samuel was already old when David became king, so he was near the end of his life. And then Nathan served for a while, and I don't know if maybe Nathan was already elderly too, and that's why at some point he died and Gad became the top prophet. 30. And with all his reign and his might and the times that went over him and over Israel and over all the kingdoms of the countries. It's saying that everything that David did was written down by those three prophets, Samuel, Nathan, and Gad. And some of what these prophets wrote ended up in the Bible. Perhaps not everything they wrote ended up in the Bible, but enough of it for us to understand the life of King David. And that concludes 1 Chronicles chapter 29, and it also concludes the book of 1 Chronicles. In our next episode, we will start reading Second Chronicles, and that will be the last history book that we read. When we're done with Second Chronicles, then we'll move forward reading about the prophets and some other people in the Bible.